Hey guys, JJ here. The Minnesota Rundown is sponsored by the Better Edge app. Better Edge is a legal online social betting marketplace that you can use real money to wager that allows you to post and engage with other sports betting fans, place no commission positions in an online marketplace, compete in direct head-to-head challenges, compete in public or private betting competitions, and buy or sell positions, whether that be spread, over-under, money line at current market prices. Use promo code 10K at betteredge.com to get a free $5 when you sign up and verify your ID. Once again, that's 10K at B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to get a free $5. Are you guys looking for some kick-ass local clothing? Well, let us tell you about our friends at Soda Stick. Go to their website at sodastick.com, and hell, if you find something you like, there's no way you won't. Just enter the code 10KTAKES at checkout to get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. You'll certainly catch us wearing their top-notch apparel. Once again, it's SodaStick, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K dot com, and use the promo code 10KTAKES. That's 10KTAKES to get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. This is the Minnesota Rundown, presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome, everyone, to another week of the Minnesota Rundown, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm, of course, your host, JJ. This program, I should say, or this show, if you've never listened to it before, you know, we kind of hit on everything happening in Minnesota sports and a little bit beyond in kind of a humorous, comedic, Unique perspective, kind of what we feel would be unfiltered or to the common man. But we try to discuss everything in, in a world of, of, of a sports kingdom that can be quite depressing. But we try to hit on everything around here. But particularly this week and coming up on Thursday, this, this episode, of course, is airing Wednesday. So tomorrow, I should say, there is a big, big game going on in the Twin Cities. We have the Gopher football team taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Fans will be allowed in the stadium for all, after almost what would be two years. So I think it would be no better. Uh, I think it's best that I'd bring on someone that knows Gopher sports, that knows Gopher football, and, and I can you know at least communicate and discuss that. So I want to welcome on our guest this week, Mr. Ryan Burns, who is a Minnesota Gophers publisher for 247 Sports. And he's also the co-host of the Gopher Gridiron Radio podcast and also a pair and a spare podcast with Justin Guard. So obviously, I would say Breeze bleeds and just ultimately lives for for Gophers. You pretty much study everything happening with Gophers. So, I mean, you're probably the best guest to have on on a week like this. Uh, I think I'd be qualified to do so. Uh, I hope so anyway, but uh, I appreciate you having me on and yeah, it's exciting that there's actual legitimate football to talk about here very, very soon. Because I'm, you know, it's been a long off season. It's been a long time since fans have been in the stands, and I can't wait for Thursday night just to see everybody tailgating, see a full capacity stadium, and just trying to get back to something resembling normalcy. Yeah, for sure. And, and before we get into all the Gopher talks, I know it's it's going to be exciting to talk about just back that we're the fact that we can actually talk about a game happening in August and September. Unlike at this point last year, we're like, where the hell is this going? But uh, talk about talking about exciting news. Um, just want to hit on it. People don't know. They should know. Cause this is huge uh, on Tuesday. This just, just yesterday, a day after this is, uh, you know, the day after this podcast was released this episode, 
Kirill Kaprizov signed a five-year deal with the Minnesota Wild. And I should say fans should be happy for that because as a Minnesota fan, if people who don't follow hockey that much, even so, like this is a kind of a player that usually I feel like always kind of just escapes our fingertips or it kind of falls right through the, you know, right out of our net usually on Minnesota sports teams. And we snagged him for five years and he's an athlete. You never not only seen play on the wild, but I mean, he's an, he's an athlete that's bringing more excitement that for, I mean, he's, he's, he's bringing more excitement than an athlete has brought to any Minnesota sport in a long time. So I think that's, I think that's just huge news that we were able to rack him up because it was just constant, not knowing what's going to happen in the last month or two since the offseason happened in the NHL, are we going to lose this player that only played for 62 games in a shortened season? And now we rack him up for five years. So I think that's incredibly exciting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, has it been official yet? I know that Russo was talking about it today that they're very close, but wasn't this the whole thing with Minnesota wild wanted five years for a long-term deal and then Kirill Kaprizov side, he wanted to get paid. And so if it is going to end up somewhere in the five years range around nine, 10 million, I think the entire off season with everybody posturing on both sides. And like you said, I mean, we just saw with the Minnesota twins, you know, you get these superstars nearing their prime and then what do the twins do? They trade them away. Mm-hmm. And so you have Kirill that comes and bursts onto the scene and Minnesota, you know, we'll see how it ends up here. But again, if they're able to lock him up for five years and you actually have a, a star that can get to the next level and he's still on the upswing of his career. That's incredibly exciting. Yeah, I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's just been an absolute stud on, on the ice. And just this past season, watching him has been incredible. And, yeah, I was going to say, as of Tuesday, it's not official. It's mm-hmm. like tentatively he agreed on it. But that's so much better news than we've heard in the last few weeks of just of, of him just like, oh, they have, they're still in talks. They can't agree. And people are like, oh, they're going to lose him. They're going to lose this top-notch player. I personally wasn't concerned. But it's like, it'd be so Minnesota-like to just, like you said, with the Twins. The Twins are like the prime example. We just we just let players go. And I could just see them, but, ah, he's not worth it. Kirill Kaprizov, really, he's a Russian stud from Russia. Okay, you can play hockey. And we haven't seen a player like this bring so much excitement to the Minnesota sports scene in a long time. And you can't just let him go. So this was, this was I think, super positive news. Hopefully, like, just seeing that it's a tentative agreement, it's on the right track at least. Yes. I mean, without question. I mean, like you said, for so many years, I'm now 29. And so, I mean, the last time a Minnesota men's pro pro sports team actually did anything, we're talking about October of 91 and I'm born in August of 92. So I know how dreadful it's been for Minnesota sports. It's been my entire life and for this to hopefully continue to go right on the, on the right path and that he's locked up for five years you know, you, you're continuing to kind of figure out the cap situation with the whole Parisian suitor thing. We'll see how that plays out. But it's it's something to be optimistic about, which, let's be honest, there hasn't been a ton to be optimistic about over the last couple of years here. So that's great news. Yeah, it's it's bringing optimism in some capacity to Minnesota sports. But speaking of optimism in happening in Minnesota sports for a team that has been, I mean, quite frankly, dreadful for probably for the most part of the last half century, the Gophers, which is what we're here talking about. I got, I got the Gopher visor here. It, yeah, I love it. I don't know if it's kind of reminiscent of a, uh, of a coach we shall not be named Tim Brewster, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm making it my own. I'm not going to 
this isn't a Tim Brewster uh, visor. We don't want to bring bad luck to uh, to the uh, to the Gophers team this week, especially. But uh, speaking of optimism, the Gophers taking on Ohio State on Thursday. You know, it's going to be an electric game. But first thing I want to hit on too is that I saw like yes, I think it came out on Monday or Tuesday that a bunch of Ohio State fans and visiting fans returned tickets, and. I mean, I, I wonder if the easiest explanation is COVID, but I, I want to think there's like more funny theories to that, why they returned the tickets. I don't know if they're scared of us, Minnesota. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think if you want to go with the off the off the board angle, maybe it's because of Ohio State fans can't afford it because they've been paying their players so much in these NIL deals now that it's legal for a booster to just pay people. What do you think Ohio State's been doing considering that just saw here in the last 24 hours they're fourth string quarterback just got another million dollar NIL deal. Mm-hmm. So they don't have the money to come out into Minnesota. I mean, that's, that's gotta be the theory though. Right. I mean, they just don't have the money, but it's interesting. Cause like I asked the people in Columbus, I'm uh, asked a couple of media members and they're like, yeah, we really don't know. You know, they think it's COVID, but they're, you know, they, I, I talked to a couple of uh, people about it today and they just said, it's very un Ohio state fan. Like, well, and especially because Ohio State fans really didn't, didn't get to go anywhere last year. And now they get a, a, you know, a Thursday night on a holiday weekend where you can just take the extra day off. It's perplexing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, and we'll see how many fans end up being there. I still think it's going to be above 90%, uh, even with maybe some potential rain coming in. But I'm just glad that we have this discussion to talk about, like to lead off. I mean, again, just having, I cannot stress to you how strange it was to cover college football games last year and no one's there. Like somebody makes a huge play and the stadium's empty and they try to fill it with some artificial sound, but that's not college football. It's just not. Maybe that works in the NFL to a degree, but when you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds, it's just, it just doesn't work. So I'm hoping that some Gopher fans can buy up some more of that Ohio State allotment. Yeah, I hopefully they can. Yeah, because I know tickets were going were pretty expendy. So I know they're selling them for at least like 85 bucks. So hopefully that will just bring in more gopher fans into the stadium and create more hype. Because I mean, yeah, I wasn't ever ever actually at a game last year, but though I think the one sport and, and granite and granite, uh, you know, every sport really lacked every sport is at a disadvantage. It's been the professional and coll- collegiate level without without fans there, and you plump in pump in that artificial crowd noise. Just sounds terrible, but I think the one sport that needs it the most is college football. It's literally people screaming the whole time. And for that to be like completely taken away, watching from a tel- from television, it just looked like a preseason game or a scrimmage or an exhibition. It was just super odd. But now to go to the Thursday and hopefully these OSU fans, you know, giving seats back to us. Okay, fine. I guess you're scared of Minnesota people. Well, we're not, we're not, we're not me. We're not ruthless. I guess some yeah, drunk guy nice for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what they say. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it is a little odd, but if they want to Minnesota fans, bring them, bring out more of them, be louder. You're just going to be at more of a disadvantage for your team that, you know, is probably people are questioning on an Ohio state perspective who does it, who, you know, lo- loses Justin Fields. You need a little support there in the first opening night game on a holiday weekend against a what you'd say is probably an experienced gopher team. So hopefully more gopher fans, you know, flock, flock in and, and the environment is even lifted. It's louder. Cause I think that is only an added advantage and Ohio state fans are uh, 
giving more of the Gophers an advantage to uh, pull off the upset. I'm with you. Yeah, I hope it plays out in that way, that more Gophers fans can buy these tickets. Um, you know, maybe a lot more people can just show up and get some scalp tickets at probably a reduced price. But, I mean, either way, I still think it's going to be rocking um, on Thursday night just because, again, you got Ohio State in town, number four team in the country. No one's been in a stadium for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, I think this Gopher football team is going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, you're just hoping that um, it doesn't turn into Wisconsin 2019 all over again where Minnesota gets a huge play to start. Bateman mm-hmm. scores this long touchdown. And then Wisconsin just answers again and again and again and again. And Minnesota has no rebuttal. So, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great night on Thursday. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Hopefully like you make a good point. Hopefully it's not overhyped and then people get overexcited like the Wisconsin game, but going back quickly to the OSU fans, giving up tickets. I think that's a great theory. They're paying the boosters are paying them too much money for all the deals and whatnot. And now, because that's all legal, even more, even though you could probably made that theory two years ago, even and they're, so, they're maybe paying them under the table, who knows? But uh, I think that's a, I think that's a, I think that's a generally good theory. I think that's a top three theory for sure. But going to the game and speaking of pulling off an upset, I want to reel off, and you probably know this, but I obviously did, you know, I I knew some of this stuff off the top of my head, but I wanted to dive in deeper about like the serious history between the Gophers and Ohio State. So I want to list list off some facts here. So the Gophers are currently on an 11 game losing streak to the Buckeyes. They lead the series all time. OSU leads the series all time 40. They have a 45 and seven record against the Gophers. That's 45 wins to only seven losses. That's incredible. The, the last time the Gophers won was in Columbus in the year 2000. Crazy enough, Glenn Mason era. And the last time they won in Minneapolis was in 1981, when I think that was the last year at Old Memorial Stadium, So, which was on campus, okay. and which is crazy to me. I thought that was maybe the first year at the Dome, but nope, it turns out they never actually beat him at the Dome, but that doesn't surprise me because the Dome was ass uh, for a college football perspective. Yeah. Uh, but looking at it, this just sounds, people want to think like, oh, we have a terrible time with Wisconsin. Oh, actually the series record's pretty close. You look at Ohio state, the way it's, it's the track record's not good, but it's like, you ask yourself going into this game. I know there's a lot of hype around the team and whatnot, but Ohio state consistently has a consistently strong program year after year after year. They always seem to find a way to beat the Gophers, even if they are a quote unquote a better have a better team or they're looking better. But why now? What is different about this team that will allow them to pull off a win against a team they have probably have had the worst time historically with? What what would what is different about this team in your opinion? Well, you know, I heard you use the forty-five to seven record in saying it's incredible. I mean, that's that's an interesting yeah. adjective to use. I mean, I, I think from a Minnesota perspective, it's dreadful, uh, but I think it also is a realistic representation of of where Ohio State's been uh, and where Minnesota's been. I mean, you mentioned it largely for my entire lifetime, uh, nearly thirty years now. Minnesota's been incre- has been an incredibly mediocre team. You know, there have been some good years. There have been some dreadful years. There's been 2019 year where they're, you know, they win 11 games, first time in over 100 years. And what is going to be of this 2021 team? Now, you know, I've gone on record saying I think this is a nine and three football team. Um, Now, I don't like being two wins above the Vegas win total because last I checked, they have some pretty elaborate casinos on the strip. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a reason that they have that. But I just look at this Minnesota team and I see an offensive line. That's incredibly experienced, incredibly talented. 
Uh, I think Daniel Falalele and Blaze Andrews off the top of my head. Uh, Minnesota hasn't had an offensive lineman drafted since 2006. Mm-hmm. Now, to, I think that this 2021 offensive line is as talented on paper anyway as that 2006 line that had Greg Eschlinger, uh, I think had Sederstrom on it. I mean, they were a very gifted group. I think both of those guys went to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And, and Falalele has a ceiling for an offensive lineman here that we haven't seen. Now, I know he didn't play last year, and so you're going to have to take my word for it. But as someone who has seen him in practice, he's the slimmest I've ever seen him. He's the slimmest 370 pounds I've ever seen. I mean, offensive linemen nowadays like to wear their shirts up so everybody can see their bellies. Mm. Paul Ellie's got a B on his stomach at 370 pounds. I mean, the man, I, I've never seen that before. Now, again, that's where you look at, you know, how does Minnesota win this game? Well, I think they have to have, keep it, in, you know, incredibly boring at times. And what I mean by that is got to have, like, some 12-play, you know, eight-minute drives that end in touchdowns because last I checked, touchdowns beat Ohio State and field goals don't. So I really hope Minnesota gets in the red zone and, uh, you know, they don't have to settle for field goals because, again, it's already a silver lining at that point because I don't know when the last time it was you had somebody beat Ohio State and they were kicking three field goals. You just can't have that happen. And then defensively, you have to try and limit the run enough. Now, Minnesota's run defense last year was horrible. They were horrific. They were dreadful. Pick your attitude. And Ohio State's running offense was really good. Now, I think Minnesota's run defense is going to be improved this year. But, I mean, the big, gigantic wild card in all of this is C.J. Stroud. He's the quarterback taking over for Justin Fields. And he's never thrown a collegiate pass. He's going to be getting his first start Thursday night on the road, crazy stadium, national television, maybe some weather. We just don't know how he's going to respond. I can tell you he's incredibly talented. You know, he's a five-star kid. I mean, shocker, Ohio State doesn't have to recruit. They select. But, I mean, if you can get C.J. Stroud to make some mistakes and Minnesota can just capitalize on them and you can figure out how to stop the run enough to make C.J. Stroud throw 30 passes, like if Stroud's the one that beats you, Good for him. First collegiate start. He's a freshman on the road. Good for him. But if you just lose because you can't stop the run again, well, that's incredibly anticlimactic. I mean, that, there's no fun in that. So Minnesota's got to figure out a way to turn over Stroud in this Buckeye offense and then make sure that their drives, when they get deep into Ohio State territory, and in touchdowns and not field goals. Well, yeah, and that you make, you know, that's the optimism going into this is that the Gophers have experience so much experience compared to Ohio state, even though I've still heard great things about their O-line returning. A lot of their O-line is going to be still intact. Their wide receiver core is still going to be solid, but they don't, they have a brand new quarterback, but I feel like Ohio state, I don't know what it is. You always see highlights from week one, every single year. Granted, maybe they're not playing as a top tier opponent as, as Minnesota right off the bat. But you saw this with Justin Fields or or going back to Braxton Miller or, or uh, uh, you know, whoever they've had as a true freshman coming in for the first game, they always just go off. They always look stellar right off the bat. And it's like if there's, if there's one team that C.J. Stroud could come in on in the Big Ten and just go off on, it would be Minnesota. I mean, that's me thinking pessimistically, but it would just Minnesota be – a fan in you right there. Yes. And people are going to be looking at, you know, listen to this. Oh, well, you're just being a downer. Well, it's like, I, I mean, they've looked, I, I just remember back in the, and this was back, you know, during early years of kill and, 
you know, Tim, I've been, I've been a season ticket holder since 09 with my dad. You know, I grew up watching them heavily and uh, went to the U of M. So, you know, I, I, I bleed, bleed maroon and gold and watch this team so in depth for the last, and probably just like yourself, you've probably done more because you've been more behind the scenes, but um, watching them in games, like in the early Jerry Kill days and Tim Brewster days, we made, I thought every quarterback looked like Joe Montana. I think that's what a lot of like some old people that were sitting around me would say. We make every quarterback look like Joe Montana. It doesn't matter how, because there's been, there's been games, even in the last couple of years, I can't think of the top of my head where, Oh, their main quarter, their, their first string quarterbacks injured. They're bringing this guy who's only had a couple starts and he just goes off on us. And it's, so it's scary to me that, it, it doesn't necessarily give me the confidence that, oh, they're going to come in and win right away. You know, they have a big chance to win because their quarterback's a freshman. I'm more thinking they have a ch- – I still think they have a chance to win, but not because their quarterback is inexperienced, because of our experience. You know, Tanner Morgan's a redshirt senior. You know, Mo Brehm is a, a, is a freaking stud yeah. and is a bowling ball or O-line. I was looking at our depth like the other week. I mean, it's like there's six years, fifth-year guys on there. Defensively, we have experience and depth, like third, fourth, fourth year guys a couple of years ago. And even last year was freshmen all along the board. And PJ was was hitting on it like a few years back and people were getting really upset with them. He's like, we have the youngest team in football. People were like, oh, that's just an excuse. Well, they sort of did. And and now they're very experienced. You look at the depth of this of this team with the O-line and everything. You know, they're one of the more experienced teams that, you know, obviously that PJ has had. and there's obviously some spots for concern, you know, losing Bateman and um, you know, but it's, you look at the experience on this team and that could compete with a lot of guys, even if they were, um, if Ohio state still had, for example, a Justin Fields, again, this year, say he was just a year behind, they would still, I feel with the team they have be able to compete against them. As crazy as that may sound to somebody, but I think it's the experience and you look on the depth chart, it's just unbelievable to me, like how many fifth and sixth year guys and guys that wanted to return are coming back. And then some transfers like Dalen Wright, looking so forward to watching him from Texas A&M, like super, super pumped. And I did, who was I, who was I talking to? I think uh, I had, it was a previous guest. I think it was Steven Strom, I believe. Um, I had him on uh, the Minnesota rundown here about a month ago and, he was, I think he was the one who mentioned to me, it's, it's, it's pronounced Dalen Wright. I'm like, Oh, right. thank, thank you. You're, you're going to save me so much time. Cause I was going to say Dylan Wright. Um, and I would just save myself the embarrassment. So I think I'm on, I'm on top of it by already saying Dalen Wright. I'm hoping so many people have learned that and I could be their teacher and mentor. So they're not butchering his name, uh, come Thursday or this season, but, uh, you know, overall, just that experience, I think weighs over everything. That's the biggest thing. It just, I know experience isn't everything. They could still be play poorly, but I mean, it's, it's a big thing, especially in college football. So I'm excited for that. Well, yeah. I mean, you talk about where the experience is and I think it's in the most important spots, especially um, in the big 10 It's a quarterback, offensive line and defensive line. You know, Minnesota's got a fourth year starter at quarterback. Now, did he play like many wanted him to play? Did he play like he did in 2019 last year? No. And we don't know what version of Tanner Morgan we'll see this year. Now I think he looks more towards the 2019 one than he does the 2020 from the practices I've been at, but he's seen everything. I mean, he's been in big games. I mean, he's like you said, a fourth year starter and he's going to be going against a guy who's in his first career start. And then on the offensive line and defensive line, you mentioned it. 
I mean, fourth, fifth, sixth, and even seventh year guys. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking about guys who can damn near rent a car at this point. Yeah. And, and that's where you win. And why has Wisconsin and Iowa been so successful for so long? They get old in the trenches and then they just rinse and repeat. They don't have to rush guys in like Minnesota had to at certain points last year and certain points in recent memory. So that's where, again, I mean, I think the stat is they got something like 180 career starts on the between 10 guys on the O-line. I look at the defensive line. Boye is a fourth year. Assezi is a fifth year. Niles is a sixth. Micah Du Treadway is a seventh. I mean, you're old. Everybody's of legal drinking age now. Mm-hmm. Now go do something in the Big Ten. Yeah, go out, go out and win. So you guys, there, there's a little bit of initiative to win now. You can go out and party. Go out and drink a little bit. I actually, I don't know how, P, how strict PJ is with that. Probably don't want to do that under his. You, if they beat Ohio State, I, I'm thinking that Sally's and I'm thinking that uh, some different places around Dinkytown are, are going to be having a good time. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'm going to be, we're going to be down there. Um, we're, you know, we're going to be in a tailgate lot right across the street from Buffalo or right across the street from the stadium in the B-Dubs lot. I don't know if you've heard of the, uh, the Minnesotan store in White Bear Lake. So um, they're hosting some, some party over there. So we're going to be over there doing shenanigans and just kind of going back. I know before you jumped on, before we, we started recording here, you were kind of asking me about our, our brand. So one of the first ever videos we actually did like that, we wanted to be goofy and funny at, you know, and just do our, our thing was we went to the Nebraska game two years ago um, and we all went there and we're tailgating and we just interviewed Nebraska fans, like really ridiculous questions. You know, our mic was a Keystone light can and we were asking, we were asking questions like, uh, you know, rate PJ Fleck on a scale of one to 10, but he can't go below an eight, um, you know, stuff like that. Just kind of really throw him in a bind. Oh, and we, yeah, we and Nebraska fans were pretty good. We did it with Penn State fans. They were a little more ruthless. Um, but I, I do mention it on here because I, even a lot of listeners might not know because that was in like October of 2019, two years ago. Like we really didn't not saying we're have a immaculate, huge following now, but we were really like no super nobodies back then. And that's the kind of stuff we're going to try to bring. We couldn't do it last year on campus. So we're definitely going to try to do that on, on Thursday and be able to be, a, be, be a part of that atmosphere and um, you know, and get involved with the bars scene and whatnot. Cause I'm going to tell you like that, that Sally's and the college club, the KK personally actually never been there yet. And I call myself a U of M alum, but I heard that place is just nuts on a Friday night. I couldn't even imagine what it's going to be like if they win tomorrow night. I mean, that's where, again, I'm so old. It used to be the library. Yeah. So now it's, now it's already something different and I feel so old that I haven't even been there as well. So. Well, the lot. Well, the lot. Anywhere and everywhere. I think like the only thing I could use to describe it would be um, if you remember when the hockey team made it to the national championship Mm -hmm. game, they had the national guard out. I remember I I had to get a police escort via a SWAT team to my apartment because they were doing some, there was some vandalism stuff going on, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. That'd be great if they actually have to call out the national guard for just a, a, a week, one game. But I mean, it might have to happen because it's going to be nuts. There's going to be so many people out there. So many students that, especially if they were freshmen last year and couldn't go to a game, that's going to even add more to the reason to come out. And it's going to be absolutely nuts. And I'm all for it. I'm definitely going to be out there parting and so it's going to be an absolute blast but but going you had mentioned the the kicking though 
And, you know, it's not going to come down to kicking, you know, but I hope it doesn't. I don't just, just, just like the Vikings, the go, I wouldn't say the Gophers kicking woes have been as bad as the Vikings curse, but it's pretty close. We've rarely had good kickers here. I mean, I forgot who it was, Brock Walker, whoever missed the extra point to tie it up in overtime last year against Purdue. Like, this better not come down to kicking. I know they were like, I think they have a, a, a I think their starting kicker is going to be, uh, I think he is a transfer from a Mac school, I believe. He was the Mac kicker of the year in 2019, okay. Matthew Trickett. Yeah. Okay, that's right. But he'll come here and just like a Vikings kicker, we'll bring in the best kicker in the league, Dan Bailey, and, and is all of a sudden a terrible kicker. So, Let's not rely on that, please, as a Minnesota fan in general. You know it's going to come down to that. If, oh. if Minnesota's got a chance to win this game late in the second half, you know it's, it has to because you got to exercise the demons. Now, trust me, yeah. no one has spoken into existence. The bane of my entire existence the last couple of years has been go for special teams. Whether it's kicking, punting, return game, it's been atrocious. And I'm even optimistic from what I saw I mean, it's been over a thousand days. I mean, I kid you not, a thousand days since Minnesota Gopher football has made a 41-yard field goal or longer. That's effing horrible. And I think that changes uh, very, very soon with Matthew Trickett. I watched him hit 85% from 40 to 49. I've seen it done. But like you said, the, the Minnesota sports fan in me and the kicking woes, whether it's the Vikings or the Gophers the last few years, when he lines up for a 44-yard field goal to end the half or something, if you don't think I'm going to be a little clenched like everybody else in that stadium, I think uh, I think you have something else. I'll be tense, and it it's all comes down to if Trickett has the mental capacity too because I think so many kickers come in here as good, and then they, they do read some sort of hype on the special they, – they do read – they do hear something about our special teams woes in some capacity somewhere, even if they say they don't, and it's hopefully – you know, stays out of these kickers heads. And for the most part, I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm, from what I've heard him, you know, trick it being the Mac kicker of the year. I've heard good things about him and you're obviously saying great things about him. So, you know, if there is a kicker on this roster to, to, you know, you know, put that in the hands of, it would obviously be him. I just think it'd be so funny. Well, not funny. It'd actually be terrifying. If the game comes down to literally like two seconds left, we're kicking a, 27 yard field goal from that same goalpost on the open end of the stadium that Blair Walsh missed it wide left. I'll shit myself. Attempting a 27 yard field goal from the uh, 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 West End zone. Oh shit. People would just automatically, and then, oh man, that would be a little terrifying. 27 yard kick. 34, Ohio State's got the lead. Minnesota, all I got to do is make a chippy. Yeah. And to exercise the demons from that stadium. And I know that. Maybe people can't see you're rubbing your temples feverishly. I've been there. I will continue to be there. But again, at some point you just got to exercise the demons and I hope it happens sooner than later. Yeah. You gotta, you, you gotta come over something in, in all sports here in Minnesota. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta just come to some sort of, you know, final point where we can overcome a lot of these curses in, in, in a lot of ways. But speaking of, you know, losing and whatnot i, I want to ask if 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 the gophers do end up losing this game uh will would that end up being i guess in fans eyes or in your opinion or whatever would that end up being a huge disappointment for this program as we still have the not turn the corner we're overhyped 
can't get past a team like Ohio State? Or should it be viewed as just, you know, a tough game against a really historically strong program? And it's only week one. You move forward and the season isn't over yet, obviously. But, I mean, how do we view this if we do end up end up losing? I mean, I think it depends on how you lose. But in that same respect, I mean, this game, again, Minnesota is a 14-point home underdog for a reason. Now, this game right. doesn't really influence anything for me. I mean, if they win, I mean, there's a, I think there's a pretty good chance you'd be talking about a 2019-esque start where they go mm-hmm. 9-0. and Because the next eight games after that, I don't think there's going to be a ranked team among them. And then if mm-hmm. you're a team like Minnesota, who I think should be a ranked team, and I think they mm-hmm. will prove that by the end of the year, you have to win those games. And then you set yourself up for a November against Iowa on the road where Minnesota hasn't won since 99, Indiana, who's a top 25 team, and then you get Wisconsin at home. So, yeah, it would be obviously, as B.J. Fleck would say, elite to win this elite. game. Yeah. But in that same respect, I also recognize that the possibility is probably – somewhere in the 20-ish percentile. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it, it's certainly feasible. It's certainly plausible. But again, this game's played 100 times. You know, Ohio State's probably going to win a majority of them. But again, you want to see that Minnesota can come out the season starting better. You know, Last year, Michigan hangs a 49 spot on them. The year before that, they nearly lost uh, to not a very good team to start the season in 2019. But again, which way is it going to go? In 2019, you didn't start well. You ended up... Mm-hmm winning those games, not in glorious fashion against uh, you know, South Dakota State, Fresno State, um, you know, Georgia Southern, the Tyler Johnson game with that one. And then you ended up being fine and you ended up with two top mm-hmm. 10 wins and you ended up as a top 15 program. But then you look at 2020, you get steamrolled and then you blow it the next week with a three score loss in the fourth quarter. You're up three scores in the fourth quarter. That should never happen and lose. So I think this team is experienced like we've talked mm-hmm. about. And I think that with the fans there, I mean, again, I'm optimistic that this game is going to be closer than what I think the spread would say. Yeah, I think I think a 14 point uh, spread, I always thought was a little steep. Um, I, I definitely would take the spread if you're betting, honestly, on, on the Gophers, 100 percent. But it's one of those things where you, you kind of you still have to kind of keep your expectations a little low. I think there's going to be a lot of these bandwagon gopher fans potentially who bought on two years ago, who are just pure bandwagon. You know, a lot, there's a lot of true fans have been watching for years, like, like myself and yourself. And, but a lot of people are just going to be pissed off if they do lose like, Oh, we're not doing anything. But again, like it still is, it still will be our first game of the season as well. And we do have an easier schedule for the rest of the year. Like you're looking at a team that could easily go nine and three, or even approach a 10 and two regular season record and then rematch and then have a rematch with Ohio state potentially in a big 10 championship game. And, you know, and so if, if they do end up pulling off of uh, pulling off the West, which I think is, is, is astronomical, astronomical or whatever, a big word to even think about, even thinking about happening at this point in the season, we haven't even played a game yet, but it's, I do like to bring up the question because people might listen to this after the game. And, you know, if they do lose, you got to think, you know, that it is still week one. You, you got to still, you can only think, I think you can only, you can only think high, you know, it's one of those scenarios where it can only hurt. It can only help you and not hurt you. I think fans should think of it like that, where this can only help the Gophers, you know, the view of them being a bit better program goes up, but it shouldn't look at them. People shouldn't look at it as if they lost to 
a South Dakota State, you know, like they almost did two years ago. If you lose Ohio State, a national playoff contender yeah. every single year for a reason. They are still projected this year without, you know, with a brand new starting quarterback to be incredibly talented. They probably have the best wide receiving core in college football. And they have, I don't know how many first round draft picks will come out of that room when you look back at it three years from now. But again, they're Ohio State. They don't recruit. They just select. And that's the benefit of being in the crimson and gray. And that's the benefit of being Ohio State. And yes, I think Minnesota is an up and coming program. And I think that there's still certainly a ceiling here with PJ going into year five. But mm-hmm. if they lose, they weren't projected. Like you said, they're not yeah. projected to win this game. <laughs> it's not even projected to be close. Because, I mean, Vegas, again, I think it's a 14 point line right now. So if Minnesota, you know, say Minnesota loses 38 28, okay, well, yeah. Fine with me. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's not 38 to three or, or, you know, hell, you know, hell 35, nothing like it was against Iowa last year at home, which was an abomination. So again, if they lose this game, they weren't projected to win anyway. Now you better finish off September with two Mac teams and then you go out to Boulder. You better come away with a victory there uh, to keep everything in sight. But again, not projected to win this game. This will be the biggest spread all season And Ohio State's still a college football playoff contender for a reason. Yeah, I mean, they're ranked number four in the preseason poll, even with their new quarterback. They're coming in at ranked number four. That's just insane. It's already like the one of the spreads the way it is, and you can't think of the Gophers as being number four and the other way around. You know, you got to still be realistic. But if they do win, you're hoping they win, they have a chance to win, you do view it as like, wow, this is incredible if they do pull it off with the schedule ahead because then they could get the 10 wins, you know. So – but uh, also, I did, uh, going back, and you mentioned that you know you you know you have been following this team, like you said, you're watching you know Matt Matt Trickett at the the kicker, and you've been watching a lot of the practices and a lot of the spring practices now into the summer training camp, you know, before the season. Um, based on what you've seen, I mean, I know there hasn't been a game played yet to really you know to look at as like a sample size, I should say, but. Do you think, and we've mentioned this is probably the most experienced team under PJ, but do you anticipate this to be the best team under PJ? I mean, how does it compare to 2019? I mean, what are the chances of doing better? I mean, it's kind of a loaded question, but. I mean, if anybody comes on here and says they can do better than 2019, I think you should Mm -hmm. give them a drug test. I think you should give them an alcohol test. I mean, 11 wins. And again, it's something that hadn't been done in a hundred years. Uh, you know, yes, Minnesota's playing more games now than they were when they were winning national championships back in the day. But I think the point to know is this 21 team has the 2019 ceiling um, just because they have so many experienced players, just because the schedule is conducive. I don't think the Big Ten overall is it was really good this year. You sit, Ohio State is the cream of the crop. I think Penn State and Michigan have some questions. And then I look at the Big Ten West and I'm just like, what quarterback do you trust? Mm-hmm. Because Graham Mertz, you know, he was great mm-hmm. against Illinois, and then he turned back into a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Spencer Petrus for Iowa is incredibly average. We just saw Adrian Martinez this past weekend, oh. and that was uh, that was interesting. Uh, you know, Illinois is not a good football team. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if they make a bowl. I mean, Purdue is Purdue, and Northwestern <laughs> – I always hate counting out Northwestern because those are the years that come back, but I just cannot fathom for the life of me them contending in the West. And then you look at Minnesota with Tanner Morgan, year four is the starter. Mm-hmm. You have Mo Ibrahim. You have a, you have a very experienced and talented offensive line. 
I think the you know the the reason for optimism with always defense because yeah you can have a great offense but if your defense can't stop the soul especially in the run game you're never going to win anything especially in the Big Ten and that's where I think the defensive line is the most improved unit on the team you know whether that's because Niles Pinkney and Belmart two transfers they brought in you know I'm high on Boye Mafia I think he's going to be a top 100 draft pick um, in the next NFL draft I, I think he's got a Carter Coughlin type of ceiling there, except he is a true edge guy where Carter maybe would have been playing out of position. Uh, I think the Abilene Christian transfer and Jack Gibbons is going to provide a lot more linebacker than what we saw last year. And then, you know, specifically against Ohio state, it's can Minnesota get a pass rush so that this incredibly talented wide receiving core for Ohio state, that these go for DBs don't have to cover them for six seconds because if you, I mean, if you have to cover Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson for six seconds, they're going to get open. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But if you can get a pass rush in two and a half, three seconds, and Stroud doesn't have all the time in the world, that's where you can have a beneficial type of season. But again, I think 21's team, and I think if you, you know, for the amount of interactions I've had with PJ and, and now my year five covering him, you can tell that he and his staff are much more confident in this team than they were last year. And I don't know that I want to say it gives off those 2019 type of vibes, but mm -hmm. again, I think this team, you know, is a nine and three type of team with a ceiling for more. If you think they can win in Iowa city, if you think they can finally finish it off against the Badgers after the last two years, and there is certainly a ceiling with this team that they can get there, but they have to prove a lot defensively and they have to prove in the passing game without Bateman and Johnson that they can move the ball. Yeah, I think, and you make a great point with the West. You look at whether this team is going to be a 2019 is up in there, but if you do look at the West compared to the West in 2019, it was a lot, I felt like a lot tougher in 2019 with the Nate Stanley at Iowa. You know, even, even Purdue looked pretty solid. Um, you know, they had their Rondell Moore there still. And um, it, this is, <laughs> I feel like it's a lot more open and you look at their experience at Tanner Morgan, I'm hoping they can finally, they've been in the, I think since they've split up the divisions between the East and West, they have finally, you know, they've had a couple, I think two chances, two opportunities. I think they actually make it to the big 10 championship game. I think in both against Wisconsin, I think it was when they were in Madison 2014 and then last year against Wisconsin. And I'm hoping it's just the first year where they can, they have the experience. They have the better team. I feel like in terms of experience compared to these teams that are still slipping with quarterbacks and they haven't looked that great. Like, Come on, PJ. Like we have, we have, I think the resources now to finally not only go like nine and three or repeat 2019, but get to the damn big 10 championship game. And I mean, I mean, here's the, again, if you get to the big 10 championship game this year, Ohio state probably beats you and they go, yeah, yeah but you know what the ball would be likely that that team would get the other big 10 team. This place in Pasadena that you may have heard of, it's got this red flower on it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, again, if the stars align and they're and things are 2019-esque, again, you just make the Big Ten championship game. And yeah, you're probably going to be going to play in a Rose Bowl, which I know a lot of fans have told me for a lot of years, they just want to see it once in their lifetime. Yeah. Well, DJ, it's year five. You have a pretty dang talented team. And I got to go out and prove it. Yeah, the Rose Bowl, I know it. people have said it's kind of lost its, I guess, rarity because of the playoff and you didn't technically win win the conference but the game is still so much meaning it's the rose bowl there's so much history behind it you're still a if you're in that bowl game you're still a uh, you know a top 
12 top 10 team in, you know, in the country competing for something and the Rose bowl, the history behind the tradition behind it, it's something that they can get there. But so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they can do something and start it off on Thursday. But uh, one, one quick note before we wrap up here, I do want to hit quickly on uh go for basketball. I know you've, you've covered that a little bit. Um, obviously Ben Johnson, first coach, you know, we're pro- rapidly approaching his debut as coach in November. I mean, we're, we're rapidly approaching that, that time when we're nearing college basketball again, and obviously Richard Bettino's out, but uh, I guess, how would you uh, grade Ben Johnson so far on some of his first recruits and uh, first recruits, uh, I guess in general for the upcoming class, but then the 2022 class and the team he's kind of built out for this upcoming season. A little lot different. Now I know that there's some people that are, you know, upset that Minnesota lost a lot of players from that last year's team. And, you know, I'm not really among them. They're incredibly upset because that team was awful. I mean, they just didn't win a lot. Of, they didn't win a lot of basketball games. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with a complete roster overhaul. Um, now I also understand that year one for Ben Johnson probably isn't going to go very well. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see a lot of preseason prognosticators picking Minnesota 14. I think they finished a titch better than that, probably 11th or 12th, but this year's not going to be that great. There's no way to kind of get around it. And then you look at recruiting. I mean, yeah, I mean, they went all out for Trey Holloman. The reality is Trey Holloman had a long time and longer relationship with Tom Izzo at Michigan State. And Tom Izzo has won a lot of games. Michigan State is a very good Big Ten team. They have been for Trey Holloman's entire upbringing. For Minnesota, again, it's been a middle bit of mediocrity. So I think you just give it some more time there mm-hmm. for Ben Johnson and Dave Thorson here locally to continue to kind of establish those relationships because you look at the 22 class right now. I mean, you know, Ryan James of you know from GoFrost who just wrote, I think, a very intriguing article the other day where he compared what Minnesota's got in this 22 class to the 2018 class, where the 2018 class, I believe, was Gabe Kalsher, Daniel Arturo. Mm. and Jarvis Oversa. And you look at this 22 class, you have Pharrell Payne, um, you have Braylon um, Carrington, and then you have uh, Josh Ola-Joseph, where, again, you know, I think while 24-7 is still working on getting these guys rated, which that's a whole different conversation uh, about middle management and trying to make sure everybody doesn't get any toes stepped on. But again, you know, I think Ryan James has seen Pharrell Payne more than Anybody else on this planet in the media, seen him 20 some times, and he said, you know, he reminds me a lot of Daniel. And so if he's got that type of ceiling to where he can be a very big impact big man, that's big. You know, Josh Ola Joseph, who's again going to draw a little bit of comparison to Jarvis O'Mercer, well, he's more skilled. He's actually a basketball player and not somebody who just wants to jump and go get dunks and you only can rebound and he can't shoot a jumper to save his life. And then you also have Carrington Kid, where Again, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, shooter like Gabe Kalsher. So, you know, and then plus they've got a couple of kids coming in this weekend uh, that'll be here for the Ohio State game. One's a point guard uh, by the name of Jaden Pierre from the East Coast there. And then another by the name of Ryan Dunn, who's a wing type. So they're not done adding to this class. But again, Ben Johnson wanted to come in and keep some of these talented kids in state, which Patino, because of energy and effort, just really didn't do. And again, we'll see here in a couple of years as he continues to retool this roster. We'll see. Yeah, I, it'll be, it'll be, I'll be curious if we can see Ben Johnson. Uh, obviously, I heard some things, great things about his 2022 recruiting class that's turning into that 2018 recruiting class, which was 
one of our, you know, one of our more successful teams of the century, which isn't a lot, a first round win, you know, against a Louisville, but it was hard for go for basketball. is so incredibly low. Yeah. If they take the sweet 16 at this point, it'd be awesome. Everybody would be hooting and hollering, which again, I think is realistic to expect. Like, what do you think? Twice in a decade, if you're a team like Minnesota. So, yeah. It, it, it's been brutal as a basketball fan as much as almost as a gopher fan because they have been successful in a sense of getting having some teams to go to the tournament but just first round exits right away and you see it because you you see so much wasted teams with wasted talent I, I felt like especially under Bettino because he great I, I thought he he built some excellent starting five lineups with the you know with this program but he had no depth. There was just no depth ever to kind of combat injury or people getting into foul trouble. You bring in guys off the bench. They're just total on a total different level of, of, of talent compared to the starter that he was going out there and replacing. So I'm hoping a guy like Ben Johnson can only build off this class. He's building out in the, in the you know foreseeable future and can actually build up some depth on top of that. Something Patino couldn't do. And on top of getting him in some better recruits that Patino couldn't get in state, because then I think this team could, you know, the bar could be raised a little bit. You can break out from that second round and just get to a damn sweet 16. That's what I said at this point. I just want to see him make it to a sweet 16. And it's not an incredibly high bar to get. And then no. you look at Wisconsin, who has taken Minnesota kids. And I mean, it's half the damn roster at this point. If, if Ben Johnson, because these are the time, this is the level of Wisconsin kids that Wisconsin has, uh, or the, the level of Minnesota kids that Wisconsin has been taking. From Minnesota for the last five years, the Pharrell Paynes, the Joshua Josephs, the Braden Carringtons. And all again, you have to start somewhere. I'm not saying this is going to be some amazing, amazing, you know, in three years we're talking about an Elite Eight team, but yeah. you have to start somewhere. You have to build a foundation because, like we talked about, you had to completely blow up what was here before because it wasn't working. It, it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think Carrington and Ola Joseph and Payne are a good starting block for that. Oh, I mean, there's a reason in the end, you, you know, you made a change, you know, from from the coaching perspective to a guy like Ben Johnson. I think it, it stunned a lot of people when he was hired. It kind of surprised me. I thought they're going to go after someone a little, uh, you know, a little bigger name. But after hearing the reasoning behind it, hearing him talk, I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this makes perfect sense. You know, he's a guy that has a lot of connections here. I, I knew who he was. You know, I knew he was an assistant here. He's assistant at Nebraska under Tim Miles, who I personally liked as a basketball coach. And he has that connection with, with, you know, the, you know, the AEU community, huge connections in that respect. And a lot of, you know, you know, really good basketball schools in Minnesota that we have lost a lot of players under Patino. And just to be able to add that, if you could add a lot of those players under good coaching, I think this team could do, do special things. Yeah. No, we're not talking about a final four. I think if you're saying, right. you know, we're gonna make a final four in two or three years, that's, that's, Crazy, especially in college basketball, where you're going into a tournament with 68 teams. That's crazy. But at least for them to be able to get to a point where make the tournament almost every year and at least compete almost every year for a Sweet 16, make it every couple years to a Sweet 16, and then make a surprise run because you make the Sweet 16, anything's possible at that point, not realistically. Well, there's, like, there's no reason they can't become what Wisconsin has become. Yeah. Yeah, you look at the players Wisconsin has. These aren't these, you know, one and dones or these, you know, these crazy high four star kids. No, I mean they're these high three star, low four star kids. I mean, you look at the roster again. So many Minnesota kids on it that Patino wasn't able to get. 
again, you have to start somewhere. And if you can just start to continue to build a foundation to where, you know, in 2023, we're talking about this team legitimately competing for an NCAA tournament berth. Again, I know it's a far away from right now, but again, you have to start somewhere. And I think this recruiting class is a building block for it. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic about it. You know, I'm giving them the chance and I was personally a little upset at first when I wasn't upset so much that they, you know, got rid of Bettino. It made, made sense, but you know, I did kind of want to see a Kelsher return for a final year, a guy like Cardi even maybe return. Cause I did like watching them in the Maroon and gold, but you know, in the end, it's like a kind of a long-term thing. I know they were focusing on with, with that respect. So I think he's doing a great, I think he's doing great for what he's got so far. And well, I'm just so excited. We'll see them play this upcoming year, even though it might be a little rough, but the, you know, that's just the growing pains you go through as a, you know, bringing a new coach and start a new system, but hopefully, uh, but right now with football, not in a first year coach, a lot of, lot of expectation here on, on Thursday's game. Hopefully we see something good. We can party in dinky town and have something to really party for rather than I feel like we party, but party for the wrong reasons. A lot of the time we, we drink our sorrow, drink our sorrows away. You know, we're depressed. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully there's a good reason to drink uh, on Thursday night. Again, I'm just excited for, you know, even just the afternoon leading up to the game, you know, seeing everybody in the tailgate lots of just being able to see a lot of people that you know, didn't get to celebrate last year after a really fun 2019 season. Now they get to have some fun on Thursday night before Ohio State comes down. So, like I said, I think this is going to be a pretty good go for football team. I think it's going to be an awfully interesting November. But before that to happen, this Minnesota team has got to take care of business in September and October. Yep, for sure. And it's it's going back to tailgating. It's about the camaraderie around it. That in the end, we should still have a good time and have fun, whether no matter the result of the game. Just a bonus perk if they can pull it off and win. But I'm just happy to be down there and just be involved in the camaraderie and that that's bad because I felt like I was having withdrawals last year, you know, not being able to be not only at the game watching it, but being out there and part of the environment watching the games and just having a great time. But hopefully we see a positive result. And I think that you mentioned this team is going to be good. It just depends on how good. So we'll see what happens. Excited for the season ahead. And um, I think that will pretty much wrap wrap up this episode ryan before we close this off do you have any final thoughts no like i said i mean we'll see what ben's able to do here in a couple of years once he's able to retool the roster and then with the football team you know like you said regardless of what happens um you know regardless of what happens on thursday night you know i we need to see this team after ohio state those next eight games like i talked about probably not going to be a ranked team among them. And you get five of those eight games at home. You have to take care of business if we're going to come back on this in November and talk about what should be hopefully a November to remember for Minnesota, but you got to get there. As I've heard PJ Flex say, I cannot tell you how many times in the month of August, you have to start fast, accelerate in the middle, mm-hmm. and finish strong. And I think he's right. And that starts with starting fast against Ohio State on Thursday. Yep. I'm, I'm super pumped and to go quickly full circle to even the top of the top of the episode. Hopefully we have some optimism with the, with the wild too. I always, I always said that they are probably our closest team to winning a championship or I guess my most optimistic team of the Minnesota pro teams, at least maybe even throwing the Gophers in there winning a championship. I might be a little crazy, but throwing a guy like a Kaprizov in the mix, hopefully we have some optimism around, around them as well. But I mean, I would say this is a little more uplifting episode. There was of course uh 
So some stuff in here that, you know, you could call it depressing and talking about kicking and whatnot. But overall, I think uh, we had a lot of positive things to say in this episode regarding Minnesota, but hopefully come Friday, we're not depressed again and, and, and pissed off. But um, I think that'd be hard to happen no matter what happens in the game, unless they get killed like 50 to nothing. But I do not foresee that knock on wood, but we'll, you know, got to, got to watch it. Hopefully everything turn, uh, pans out well for them. But Again, I want to thank you, uh, Mr. Ryan Burns, for coming on. I mean, of course, a Gophers publisher. I think I butchered the the name before. I always call it 247 Sports, but I think it's pronounced 247 Sports, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're going to get bitched at by a couple of people. It's 247 Sports, dude. It's like, it's calm down. You can call whatever you want. I'm just, this was a lot of fun to come on. I appreciate you having me on. And like I said, I'm excited to see some go for football this season to see if this team can live up to what I think expectations should be. Yep, for sure. And if you guys want to follow Ryan Burns on Twitter, he's at Ryan Burns MN on Twitter. Um, follow him for all Gopher content. You know, he dives deep into everything, really everything Gopher, Gopher football and Gopher basketball. And um, do you do you cover uh, any other sports like hockey, or is it pretty much f- football and basketball for you? Well, I tell you, it's the revenue producers now, but I don't want to piss off some Gopher hockey people. No, off that program. I know they're they were middling on it, but. Uh, we just essentially do go for basketball, go for football, and everything recruiting with it. So we just try to keep it a little bit more in-depth than what you get for normal coverage, and I think we do a pretty good job of it. Yeah, for sure. I know I, I've read stuff on there for, quite frankly, since I've been able to, like, competently read and understand recruiting and statistics going back to probably – you know, 10 years now, at least, you know, back when I was in high school, um, I always read stuff on, on 247 sports, whatever you want to call it. So I know there's a lot of good stuff on there and I want to thank Ryan for, for, for coming on and, and giving us some great insight on go for sports and guys, if you want to also, if you don't follow us already, you can follow 10,000 takes anywhere on any social media, just search 10 K takes or 10,000 takes on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we're even on TikTok as well. You know, we have that 10k logo notorious red and white 10k logo you can find us on there we also have some very entertaining funny blogs on our website at 10ktakesmn.com we also have a charity golf tournament coming up at the end of september we're partnered with jason and carly zucker's give 16 charity that um, all proceeds will go to the masonic children's hospital there so we do have a tab on our website at 10ktakesmn.com um, you can just see the 10K Invitational tab there. You can sign up if you're a company or by a chance represent a business and whatnot. We do have a, a sponsorship sign up form on there as well um, to help us out with in that regard. But sign up a team on there if you're interested in that. All proceeds go for a great cause. And I also want to promote too that we'll be uh, live again on KFAM 100.3 live at the fair on Friday night um, from 6.30 to 8, I believe, with Zach Overson. So that'll that'll be that'll be fun and we also have a show um on kfan plus every saturday called it's a bit radio um that will air at what we think will be 2 p.m um this saturday at least so make sure you guys check that out but again i want to thank my guest ryan burns for coming on at ryan burns mn twitter uh, twitter minnesota gophers sports publisher for 24 7 sports i want to thank you again for coming on and i'm of course uh, your host jj journalist jake because they call me the best damn journalist until i'm not um, I'm your host again. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Minnesota Rundown presented by 10,000 Takes. Have a great rest of your week, everybody, and row the boat. Sky Malaco Gophers. Gophers.